This podcast is for educational purposes only. The content of this podcast should not be used to diagnose, treat or cure any medical condition. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. If you or any other person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical treatment. Welcome to the Healthy Habit Hot Seat, where we chat to extraordinary humans and world-leading health experts to dive deep into the intricacies of the daily healthy habits that have shaped their success. Remember, success leaves clues, right? I'm your host and resident healthy habit coach, Loz Antonenko, and I cannot wait to help you re-energize your life so you too can create opportunity, vitality, and abundance to become the master of your own incredible healthy destiny. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Today, I interview Pete Evans. Growing up with a love of food has seen Pete become a chef at the age of 17 and a restaurateur at the young age of 19. Cooking his way around the world has led him to a global insight on food and a wealth of knowledge on the impact food can have on your health. This year we'll see Pete release two new documentaries on Netflix, a new TV series and continue his keynote speaking on healthy eating, wellness and sustainability. It's hard to imagine that Pete has time for anything else. Pete, however, ensures that he spends time with his mermaids, surfing, hitting the skate ramp, doing the 360 rock and roll and maintaining his healthy lifestyle. Pete Evans, amazing to have you on the Healthy Habit Hot Seat, mate. Welcome. (laughs) The Healthy Habit Hot Seat. Thank you. Imagine we're in line at your favourite organic cafe. Okay. I don't think I have one, but anyway, let's... (laughs) Let me, let me picture an organic cafe. Hmm. Okay. Yep. We've only got about 30 seconds before your order is ready. Yes. What would be your most important message for our listeners in terms of who you are and what you stand for? Who I am? Yeah. Mm, I'm a human being and I stand to learn and to grow. I love that. That's perfect. Thank you. Pleasure. So since your late teens, your ambition to serve other people through food has paved your way to a very successful and fulfilling career as a chef. Maintaining your own health and wellness has definitely been a big part of your success. But I'd love to know, what was the catalyst for change that compelled you to transform your life from simple chef to wellness advocate? I don't think there's a catalyst, so to speak. I think it's been an ongoing journey. And if you look back yourself or anybody that's listening, we have we have these life experiences that shape us. And each one of these life experiences, we get to actively participate in by our choices that we make, whether it's our career that we've chosen or not chosen and it's been forced upon us from our parents, whether it's our religious beliefs if we have any or not, or whether they were forced on us from our parents, whether it's our actual belief systems that we have constructed for us through our upbringing and a way to fit in and not experience pain or to experience more love or understanding. And all of these choices that we make have led us to where we are right now. So I think it's some people like to have a a defining moment in their life, but I think all of our existence is our defining moment or moments or experience. So, yeah, I'm not going to answer that one for you as you probably like, Loz, because... No, mate, that's perfect. 
one of my, I guess, philosophies in life is to not really spend too much time in the past. I totally agree. And just see it for what it is and we're here now and so... As a TV presenter, Mm -hmm. producer, health coach, keynote speaker, and one of Australia's most published contemporary chefs, Mm -hmm. you've forged an impressive career and acquired some pretty diverse skills on the way. Mm -hmm. What has been a recent personal or professional highlight for you over the past 12 months? Every moment I can get to connect with the people that I love, whether it be my wife, whether it be my children, whether it be myself or friends or family or strangers, they're highlights. So again, I think if we do not look into the past for that defining moment, I just went to a a week-long ceremony in Costa Rica and so many people said, this is going to be the best week of our lives. I said, really? I said, you're already labelling something that it's going to be the best week of your life? And I was like, wow. So, So everything leading up to this hasn't been the best? isn't just being here, everything that you've encountered or experienced in life isn't all the best. So I think we need to be very careful. Well, I don't think anybody else does, but I'm very cautious and thoughtful about these experiences and not to hang my hat on something that happened a year ago. Your gorgeous wife Mm -hmm. has been a huge influence on your life and I think in part of your journey thus far, because we're all on a journey, she's inspired you to shift your way of living, create an abundance mindset, and as a result, a lot of physical and emotional changes sort of occurred for you in that process. Obviously, there was an amalgamation of two different life paths that came together on your journey. And how did you integrate and create that synergy in your partnership so that your values aligned? I love my wife. We have a wonderful relationship as all relationships are wonderful and all relationships present us the opportunity for growth and remembrance. That is the purpose of a relationship. Would you say you're running on parallel paths at the same speed? I don't think anybody is. No? I think everybody is on their own personal journey. Her life experiences from being in the womb to where she is now are completely different from my experiences. There could be some similarities in there of trauma or challenging experiences throughout our lives that we can have compassion and empathy and sympathy for each other and have conversations in that realm equally about our wondrous times that we've had throughout this journey. She's a passionate animal lover and horse rider and wonderful artist. And I'm in awe of that. I sense an attraction to these aspects in her life experiences where I'm like, wow, I would really love to explore that. She's a wonderful dancer. I see a fear around that for me, you know, and I'm going to step into that that awkwardness and uncomfortableness because I see it radiating so beautifully and brightly from her. So it's this dance, so to speak, of energies and life experiences and realisations that we are both whole before we come into a relationship. It's not like you find somebody and go, I can become whole because that's the fairy tale that is confusing so many people that has been played out through so many stories, Disney, whatever it may be, the rom-com that you're about to watch on Netflix or whatever it may be. We have to understand that we 
as individual human beings are completely whole, even though we might not feel that sometimes. When we enter into a relationship with somebody else, a lot of times they are a mirror for areas in which we feel like we may be lacking and not whole. And it gives us an opportunity to re-remember who we are. So with relationships, it's you have, if you choose to, you have your own life directional path with your own values and experiences that you would like to cultivate and learn on this one experience. Your partner, if you have one, has the same. They have their desires, their goals, their inspirations, their doubts, their fears, their loves, their attractions that they will go upon if they choose to. And as a union, we need to respect both of those individual aspects of us and also feel into that space where we can evolve together. But it's not one or the other. If you choose to have a relationship, you can't just dissolve or disappear into somebody else's life. That's such a poignant statement, mate, just that. And I think so many people get caught up in this fairy tale of what things are supposed to be and they compare themselves to other people when they realise if they honour the truth and their highest values, everything you need is already here. It's about, I mean, this is part of my journey, what you repress or suppress is expressed somewhere else in another person or in another being in another part of your life and what you've just said about your relationship, really, it just makes so much sense. And when I think about the people that you surround yourself with, you've got Nicola, who is obviously one relationship that you have. Who are the other people that you surround yourself with in your network of support or your circle of influence? What kind of people are those people? Hmm. Well, I've got two children that yeah. I love dearly, like I love Nicola dearly. Uh, I have my mother yeah, um, who I visit regularly every week and uh, that's awesome to be able to sit down and have a cup of tea. I have work, obviously, that uh, takes me into some amazing places around the world and helps me connect with so many different people from so many different walks of life. As I host MKR here in Australia, which is a wonderful adventure, I host a TV show in America on PBS that I've done for seven years, which takes me throughout America and the world. I also create our own documentaries on different subjects, such as different tools for healing. And I also do these podcasts where either I'm a guest or I invite people on. And for instance, today, just before this, I had a wonderful interview with a doctor that is in Mexico at the moment. Wow. And just an amazing human being that we had a wonderful conversation. And when I interview these people, I never have anything written down. I just sit down and have a conversation with them and let them speak. And we go down a path together. And at the end, I've connected and we have created a relationship. And from that, who knows what will happen? I have no expectations. I only have an intention to learn and to share and to grow and to remember. So when we have those intentions and we have that with our circle of people or family members or strangers or cultures, when we travel, you know, when we travel into a new area or a new sporting endeavor or a new work endeavor or a new love endeavor or relationship to have the intention to grow and to learn and maybe to teach without the expectation of, well, I really want to get this out of this podcast. I really want to get this out of this documentary. I really want to get this out of my loving partner. Would you say your highest values are growing, learning and teaching? Yeah, for sure. Let's just simplify it. Living. Perfect. 
So what's your secret to maintaining soulful alignment? Hmm. I don't have a secret, so to speak. It's it's an ongoing process of discovery. So it's, I think we, no, I don't think, we know when we're out of balance in any part of our life, whether it's our diet, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our dialogue with ourselves, whether it's the way our bodies feel and the way we move our bodies, whether it's how we sleep, whether it's what we read, what we watch, what we listen to. I love horror films, and but I don't want to watch them every single day, but I understand <laughs> that even just watching something like that could cause triggers in me, which might make me a nightmare or cause, but I'm open to the possibility that I actually enjoy watching them from time to time. That little bit of fear is possibly inbuilt in me to step up towards, but I also love watching documentaries of how nature is. So it's this balancing act that we all are playing and intuitively we are our best doctor. If we can sit and have a, actually a real honest conversation with ourselves about any of these pillars of health which may be out of balance and sometimes it's just a very small tweak to rebalance that. Other times you need to make some pretty big adjustments for that rebalancing, you know, and that could be changing a relationship. It could be changing your diet. It could be changing your job. It could be changing where you live and how you live. It could be as simple as waking up a little bit earlier and going to bed a little bit earlier. That takes me back. <laughs> a lot of people overwork themselves because we have a culture that is in, if you watch social media about business entrepreneurs, that's your thing. They believe everything is sacrifice. Everything is hard work. You have to compete against everybody else and be the best. The best at what? The best at being a human being that's loving and compassionate and wanting to grow and learn and share. Or do you want to get to the top of this mountain? Whatever that is. There's a lot of imbalance out there at the moment in the world. And I find myself constantly going, hmm, I need to rebalance that outlook of life, Pete. But I'm consciously aware that to stay in balance is good for me and potentially good for the people around me, but that's for them to work out. I'm not responsible for anybody else. Totally. Except my children for a period of time, but I'm also very careful not to turn them into little Pete's either <laughs> because they've got their own journeys and their own discoveries and their own experiences to have. Like what you've heard so far? Head on over to loslife.com, that's L-O-Z-L-I-F-E dot com, and download my five simple hacks to level up your life today. Now, back to the show. So you're quite an outdoors person. Mm -hmm. You have a farm. Correct. You spend a lot of time with your children around nature. At heart, you're a teacher, but you're also a surfer. Mm -hmm. What and where and why is your favorite break? What's there for you? What does it give you? And what does it bring you when you're out there as one with the ocean? I guess I've got two ways of looking at this. When I'm with my family in the ocean, mm -hmm. I could be anywhere in the world and hopefully happy in that situation. It could be a one foot beach break at Bondi. It could be six foot waves and cloud break in Fiji. You know, maybe the kids weren't going to come out and Nick's not going to come out at six foot. Yeah, that's pretty far out there. there they're <laughs> but they're getting there. They're all improving in their, their endeavours for sport. And my own children, they started skiing when they were very young. And 
I'm not a bad skier and now they've already overtaken my level of expertise. Then I can't add. And that's great. Our children, some parents don't like it when their children become better than them in certain things, smarter than them, stronger than them in mind or body or spirit, you know, and I encourage that. So you do whatever makes you happy. But on a purely selfish level, if I wanted to pick my favorite wave in the world, probably restaurants, which is a break in Fiji, which I go to most years. It doesn't break very often. It's quite fickle. It needs a big swell and the right swell direction, swell period. That to me is one of the best waves in the world because it's fast, it's challenging. It keeps me on my toes. It keeps me right in the moment and I'm still working it out. Every time that wave comes, it's quite mechanical, but there's nuances in each and every wave, obviously, because of tide, wind direction, uh, swell, and what the weather system is doing. So no two waves are ever the same. That's why I love surfing is because you never know what you're about to get. Just like life, right? It's just reminiscent of life, mate. Could be the wave of your life or it could be the last wave you ever catch in your life. You know, and that's completely cool. You put yourself into a position of uncertainty. Yep. And you step into the fear sometimes with that uncertainty. Is it going to be the best wave that I've ever caught in my life or is it going to be the most challenging wave or experience that I've ever put myself into? And I've had all of them and I keep going back for more. (laughs) I love it, mate. (laughs) Just to wrap this interview, I have a big question for you and we have touched on some of these before. As a fulfilled and purposeful human being, you've created quite an extraordinary life. What would be your top three tips? And I know I don't like to use the label entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but what would be your top three tips to living a fulfilled and purposeful life as an entrepreneur? Because we did talk about comparison, robbing people of momentum, basically. If you had to break that down to three tips, three golden nuggets for our audience, what would they be? I think the key, one of the keys definitely is a question I answered this week because I share obviously the food that we eat in our home and sometimes it's budget friendly, sometimes it's more extravagant. I mean, I'm a chef and I love to experiment with food, especially when it comes to cooking for our family. And somebody said, well, that's all very well and good, Mr. Evans, but what about the average person? And I wrote back very simply, I said, there is no such thing as an average person. Everybody is unique and wondrous. So when it comes to being an entrepreneur, if you can have that mentality or philosophy or outlook on life that every single one of your customers is unique and wondrous and your concepts in business are unique and wondrous, what a beautiful thing. I mean, I've had so many people tell me, why would you release another cookbook? When I first started doing this, I've released 20 cookbooks and at the start, what have you got to offer? like delicious food. They're like, well, that's already been done. There's thousands of cookbooks out there. I said, yeah. I said, none done by me yet. (laughs) I said, and for me, it's a way of expressing my creativity. And my intention is that these are delicious recipes that people can adapt and they can even adapt those recipes to suit their budget, their lifestyle, their timing. And I know that it's going to bring a smile to my face when I cook these recipes. So hopefully it'll bring smiles to other people's faces. Now, my expectation is, am I going to sell a hundred thousand of these books or one of these books? It doesn't concern me in the least what happens because I'm expressing myself 
in a way that's authentic. And that is, for me, and whether it be a TV program or a documentary. So, for instance, The Magic Pill, which is on Netflix, which is a documentary we made, I had a chat with a TV executive the other day and they said, you do things very differently from other people. I said, uh-huh, I do. They go, usually a TV network will commission somebody to create something, whereas what you do, Pete, is you just create something and then you work out where it's going to go. And I said, yeah. I said, I just follow my intuition, my gut. I do what I can with the funds that I have at the moment or if I can borrow the money to achieve my goals, my intention, my dream. I believe the universe will find the right outlet for it and the right audience. I was thinking about it this morning, actually, or last night, that if one person changes their experience through something that we create, then what a wonderful outcome that is. What a, like, wow. If somebody changes their life through information that you can share or a business that you create or a concept or an idea, and we all have these ideas and concepts in us, It's just whether we act on them is the difference between what I would call success or procrastination. And when we procrastinate or we suppress our creative expression that's intuitive to us, that's where I believe disease, illness, depression, not fulfilling one's purpose. And when I say purpose, I'll bring it back to the start of the conversation. I believe our only purpose is to grow, to love, to share, to remember. Our purpose is not to change the world. It's not to stop climate change. Our purpose is not to create a team of leaders or inspirational speakers or whatever it may be. That could be an outcome of your intention or your expression. But we get caught up, and I see it so many times on Instagram and social media, of these ideas of purpose. But if we brought that back to being a human being, being in awe and wonder of all that is and following our gut instinct, and you have to remember why it is and have a really deep conversation with yourself. Say you want to create an empire that changes the world, that fixes our climate issue, if we have one, that fixes the pollution issue, which we do. Ask yourself why. What is the program running inside of you that gives you that desire to do it? Is it a feeling of unworthiness and you feel like if you do this, then you will feel self-worth and you will have adoration from other people? Mm. Because if that is the case, then maybe you're doing this for the wrong reason, even though the outcome seems like it's positive for people. But ask yourself, why are you doing this? So if you are an entrepreneur or you are involved in business or self-creation, just ask yourself the simple question, why am I really doing this? Is it for wealth? Is it for fame? Is it for helping people? And then ask yourself, why do I feel compelled to do that? Why do I feel compelled to make a fortune? Was there an original time in my life where I felt like money could solve people's issues? Did my parents break up because of money issues? And maybe if I have enough money, that won't happen to me. Was the way that an animal was treated or you were treated as a child has changed the way that you view what you eat in this world? Are you there to really save the animals if you are choosing a vegan or vegetarian diet? Or are you choosing to use your power to control your power over abuse and neglect, whatever that may be? As an entrepreneur, I think, ask yourself those basic questions. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Does it really benefit me? Or is it going to keep keeping that program running? 
you see it a lot with movie stars and rock stars. Totally. And people, there's a reason why people take their lives at an early age. I don't want to generalise here, but you see people that outwardly have achieved so much, the fame, the fortune, the adoration, yet they're still the same person with the same program running. So... What I love about what you just said then is that I think a lot of people, when they see success, it's all about the extrinsic, the tangibles. And what you just brought home then for our audience was that real fulfillment and authentic success comes from knowing your why, the real why in the depths of your soul. What is it for you and why is that so compelling? Be yourself, be authentic, and remember that the people that you serve, they're humans. They're people that have things that you can help them with. And the third tip was if you keep those things on track, the things that you feel are success will manifest. Abundance will come. What if we change the word success to just being? Sure, sure. Because success is an expectation. Yes. If I do this, I'll be successful. What is success? Success is like a destination almost, I think, Mm. for people. And then the problem with destinations is that you never really get to them it's more about a journey. Well, what if you get to that destination? Oh, I've just made my first million dollars. Okay. So is that the best it's ever going to be for you? So what is success? Yeah. Is it contentment? Is it being balanced in all aspects of life? Is it no matter what happens in your life on your journey that you are content, fulfilled in every single part of it? Is that success? I don't know. Is success driving a Porsche, owning an island? Is success having a million followers on social media? Is success opening up clinics and helping people? I don't know. Is success getting off the grid and being self-sufficient? Is success helping the homeless? Is success finding a cure for cancer? So I feel like tip number three is almost ask some better questions. (laughs) You know, I think people need to ask themselves better questions. I think really that's what it boils down to. And I feel like... The way you've wrapped that up is quite poetic and it's it's really going to prompt our audience to dive a little deeper and really look at what it is they're doing in their life and what is compelling them to make the decisions that they're making and question themselves and what it is really that they're looking for. What is it they seek and to stop seeking because it's all there. Well, everything comes down to the choices that we make. Yeah. The words that we use as well. Pete. Absolute pleasure, mate. You are just next level amazing. The information that you- We're all amazing. I agree. I agree. (laughs) But I just, I feel that your point of view is bringing a really fresh voice to a space that's so prolific with people that want to preach and advise and really our chat today, just in the short time that we've been speaking, really, you've struck a few amazing deep chords that have resonated in my soul. And um, I just want to thank you very deeply for having our chat. And I can't wait to chat to you again in our next episode of the Healthy Habit Hot Seat. Thanks, Loz. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Healthy Habit Hot Seat. Make sure to visit loslife.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, If you found value in this show, I'd be stoked with a five-star rating on iTunes. Better still, tell a friend and share the love. If you loved this episode, you might want to check out my book, The Healthy Habit Handbook, available in soft cover, 
ebook and audio form on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press and all good bookstores. Be sure to tune in for our next episode for your fortnightly dose of inspiration from some of the world's most successful and healthy lifestyle masters. Remember, stay inspired. I'm Loz Antonenko and ciao for now. Music